Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I'm Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and this is our podcast where we talk about all things in the life and ministry of Waypoint Church, and uh, we are doing a special Advent series for the next two episodes, and uh, today we're going to be thinking about Advent and two of the Advent words, hope and peace, and I'm joined in the studio, the awesome, this this week the studio is in the nursing uh, the nursing room, nursing mom's room that's right outside the sanctuary, and we're surrounded by little, like, I don't know what you call it, little things for babies to play in, but we're so excited to have two special guests, they're newer Waypoint members and newly married, uh, Graham and Amy Grace, so please introduce yourselves. Um, I'm Amy Grace Watkins, and I am a graduate student at UNC in the Department of City and Regional Planning. And this is Graham. Yeah, I'm Graham Watkins, and I am just now going on staff with InterVarsity um, at UNC. Um, we both just graduated from UNC last May. And got married um, in and June. And got married in June. We have a puppy named Josie, um, and have been going to Waypoint for... Um, a little over a year now. We, we started last last August um, and became members sometime later on. Um, but yeah, we're, we're uh, really excited to be talking about hope um, and peace this week. Awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you. Um, so the, we always have an icebreaker, and today's icebreaker is, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? And this is kind of a wide open question, so you can go wherever with it with you want, and you could even cheat and kind of give two. If you can't nail it down to one. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we actually were, we were talking about this earlier today and we joke because both, I think for both of us, it has to do with food. Okay. Um, Lawrence would appreciate that. He yeah. would ask you way more questions than I'm able to ask you. So, um, but no, mine is um, Christmas morning. Okay. Um, my family likes to have the same meal um, every, every morning. Um, and so we have sausage pinwheels. Okay. And um, grapefruit that my grandmother prepares. Um, that's like, you know, grapefruit is generally kind of sour, but she like puts sugar and, and just doctors it up. And um, we have it in these nice like china sets that my parents have from their when their wedding. Um, and yeah, that we do that after we do like stockings and a first like a few presents for my family. And um, that's always something that I look forward to. Um, and yeah, it's, my, it's probably my favorite tradition. We light our Advent candle, final candle, and um, it's, it's just really sweet. Wow, a little bit liturgical family, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, so mine was also going to be breakfast. Uh, wow. We have uh, cinnamon rolls, but the funny part is that now we have to figure out did we combine and have sausage pinwheels and cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and grapefruit. And, and grapefruit. grapefruit. That's really sweet. That yeah, delicious. Um, okay. But I would say my probably my second favorite uh, would be Christmas Eve. We always get uh, pajamas and a book, and okay. that's so we open that present on Christmas Eve. Um, and it was also really funny because my older brother didn't realize that we got the same thing every year until we told him. That, like when he was like fifteen, we were like, you know, we always get pajamas and a book because he always was surprised, but we thought he was like joking, but he actually didn't put it together yet. So. He's just like, wow, my parents are so predictable. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> wow. So for me, I mean, I have a ton. Uh, I love, you know, my kids, Christmas Eve, Eve, they want a present. We watch Elf. Christmas Eve, they get one present, and then they, we, I always worked at a church, so we always 
had I had to do the service right. and then we normally had international students over our house afterward and then Christmas morning so I kind of like all three but I also love to decorate my house and when we mm. when we lived overseas uh, we lived in like a high rise and then when we lived in Boston we kind of we had a landlord and it wasn't our house so I couldn't really decorate it so when we finally moved to Raleigh what 10 years ago I told uh-huh. Erica I'm going Clark Clark Griswold. <laughs> I want the house. When kids drive by our house, I want them to say, wow, look at that. So Maggie was about, I don't know, 10 when we moved to Raleigh. And we started, we went after Christmas. We bought some things that first year, but we went after Christmas and bought all this stuff for 75% off, which you can't do anymore. Uh, the, the, tor- the stores are completely oh, yeah. like out of stock by mm-hmm. like December 15th now. But, right. but back then, and we started collecting and we really go all out. So actually, I was a little sick earlier in the week, so I didn't have time to do it. But we will do it. So if you want to come by, it's I, I enjoy it. So uh, okay. I, that's that's one of my favorite things to do. It's a little sad. Maggie's in college now, so the timing of us doing it together isn't quite mm. there. But Isaac and Derek have to step up this year and right. uh, help me out. Was yeah. your was your trunk or treat um, your Christmas like trunk? Was that a preview of um, of the level that you actually, go? Actually, that's a great question. It was, and we it was very easy. Our trunk or treat took about fifteen minutes to make. Because <laughs> we have all the stuff already. I pulled all the stuff out of the attic and put it out in what is Maggie's room because she's not here, and just started grabbing stuff. For, so yes, that is a good, a great question. That's cool. All right. Well, while we're um, we're going to get into Advent and Christmas a little bit, but I just want to hear a little bit about you guys because you're new to Waypoint and the church is growing and it's sometimes it's hard to get to know new people. So tell me a little bit about your faith journey uh, personally and then maybe how you guys met because you, you have a pretty cool story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we both grew up in Raleigh, um, which was which is awesome. Um, went to a camp together um, that is part of where we met. Um, but for my personal faith journey... Um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home um, and, you know, growing, going to church and, and um, being a part of uh, FCA. I was an athlete in high school and um, that was a big part of a part of my life. Um, again, the summer camp that I mentioned, New Life Camp, was a, part, a big part of my life as well. And also a part of some other Waypoint people. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it wasn't um, really until, until college, though, that I feel like um, the Lord really kind of started working on my heart to, um, like, I was always a believer in Christ, but I think kind of became a follower of Christ in, in college through InterVarsity, actually, um, in a small group um, where I was kind of challenged um, to kind of let go of some pride, and um, the Lord really showed me um, how to, to, or really humbled me and, and, and started growing me in my discipleship. And um, yeah, so I, I really attribute kind of like my sophomore year of college as a time where I really kind of, beca- like, fully dedicated my life to Christ and, and, um, kind of as a follower, um, and have been just, um, yeah, it's been really transform transformative, um, which has been cool. It's awesome. Yeah. And I also grew up in a Christian home, um, which was really sweet. And so, uh, faith has always been a part of my, a part of my life. And, uh, then new life camp, I would say is very key in my story. Um, just for, a lot of spiritual formation there, um, from being a camper, uh, like a kinder camper, to an oh, overnight camper. Since kindergarten? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I've That's been there um, for a long time. I think the first time I stepped onto, ca- onto campgrounds was I was three years old. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, which Big was really sweet. Your, 
formation. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is that we were both there at a similar time. Like I also went since I was in like kindergarten and but we didn't know each other, didn't meet each other until high school. Um, so, but the number and of that's times when that, the sparks, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, teen week, there's always something, but yeah, we, we met at camp really was the first time we saw each other. And then we realized that we also went to school together. So we both went to Millbrook high school, shout out to Millbrook, go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. <laughs> um, and then he also, he started coming to my church and then we did FCA and it was like, okay, is there a part of my life that you're not in? Mm-hmm. And yeah and then we ended up at the same college (laughs) yeah that one was a little bit more intentional Uh, (laughs) we yeah we did end up i i was actually a year ahead in high school and so i had already committed to unc and then i took a gap year um which was really cool Uh, a story for another time she chose to wait for me okay maybe that's debatable no the truth is is that i followed her and only applied to unc because i was either going to go to unc where she was at or i was gonna if i didn't get in i was going to go to wake tech and then transfer in later okay Um, Mm -hmm. because so you were one track i was one track we had been we had been dating since my sophomore year and um so and we were 20, a little dramatic early on. Like it was like a year and we're like, we're definitely getting married. <laughs> Do you guys, was social media around at that point? Or can you go back and look at like oh, old, yes. I old actually, posts and things? I actually have the first uh, Instagram DM where he asked me if I was going to youth group. <laughs> wow. And then later he was like, you know, like maybe can I just have your number so we can like text about going to youth group or not? So smooth. I have the, I have the original asking for the number messages. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, we might have to have you guys go speak to the youth group. Share a little. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's cool. A uh, cool thing, in fact, about New Life Camp is our worship leader, Nathan Walker, and his wife are both connected to New Life Camp, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And Amy Grace was my daughter Maggie's camp counselor yeah. when Maggie was in ninth grade and went to New Life Camp. So that's super fun. That yeah. is really a. Uh, just a cool connection. Yeah, yeah, I met Danny before I ever yeah. knew I would come to Waypoint. Yes. So. Yeah, so it's really, really fun. Um, okay, a little bit of how'd you guys find Waypoint? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was our um, senior year, and we knew that and at UNC, um, and we knew we wanted to find a church to go to after college. We had been going to another church um, during college, but um, felt like we wanted to find um, a smaller community where we could really feel known and that um, really um, just was living out the values that we we really uh, supported and um, whether that just a number of things. Um, and so we were like, you know, we, there's a lot of good churches in the area. Like maybe we'll church hop for a while. Um, church date. Church yeah. date. Um, and um, a friend of ours, actually, uh, Catherine Lee, um, who's... The sister of Tina, um, okay. Tim, Tim and Tina. Yeah. Uh, what's the last name? Chang. Chang, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were on the video this past Sunday. Yeah, okay. They, yeah. Um, and so um, Catherine was like, hey, my sister goes uh, to Waypoint, um, and you guys should check it out. And I, I had seen some video, like some videos online. I'd seen Lawrence's face, and I was like, oh, that seems, that seems cool. Yeah, we looked at the website. Lots of videos. We're like, this looks decent. This looks like, like a awesome. good website. Um, we should not too go bad. To. Right? I'm a big, like... 
brand and like website snob and so like waypoint had probably one of the best websites and i was like oh, it seems worth <laughs> worth giving it a shot like their message is pretty clear their vision is clear so we were like why not and we got a personal recommendation um oh we also saw that nathan walker yeah we also saw nathan um, walker and i was like oh my god the gosh. new life camp legend yeah new life camp he legend but also camp sort of related to amy grace family wise not yeah really, my um my brother-in-law is katie's brother Okay. So there, I All call right. Nathan my brother-in-law-in-law. It's not a real thing, but okay. that's... But anyway, so we have some connection to... Family connection to them. And um, so we're like, there's a lot of arrows pointing this way. But again, we were like, we, we brought some friends and we were like, well, let's let's just visit and church date. But after the first day, we were like... This we is went where the to, Lord wants us to be. Yeah, we yeah. went to Chubby's, ta- uh, yeah, Chubby's Tacos and we were like, I don't think we're going to go anywhere else. So... Just decided to start investing mm-hmm. and plugging in quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah, there is actually music playing in the background. I don't know if we started a little too late in Awana. They're setting up for Awana, mm-hmm. but it's all right because we will just plow through. Just and, roll with and, it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be uh, a nice background. So uh, tell me guys, tell me a little more about your present positions like uh, with grad school mm-hmm. and university. So I am in my first year of the city and regional planning program at unc it's a two-year it's a two-year program yep awesome um and then i'm looking at doing like the transportation specialization with that okay so everything transportation and and planning i love to talk about all of that stuff so that's where i'm at okay yeah and it was fun i got to pop into um one of her class presentations today yeah we're doing a poster session where we had done some renderings and sketch up that we were showing to uh different planners and then graham walked up and i was like oh i, I gave my presentation for him just yeah, like he was, she a was presenting a, a plan to um add like a development to um rosemary street mm-hmm. um in chapel hill and um a lot of cool things so it was, it was pretty neat um wow. and yeah and then i'm gonna also be once again following her to you and to, to where she's at i think we're um, starting to see a theme <laughs> i'm gonna join um intervarsity at unc and so we'll be doing campus ministry there um working um with just the operations of the ministry doing some discipleship with students um and yeah I, I haven't gotten started yet so i'm excited to see what all that will be um but just just open to see what, what the lord wants to do with that well, as a parent of college students, I'm so glad that God is continuing to raise up people to uh, serve in college ministry. And as someone, I really care a lot about city planning. Like, it's one of my few things that I think about a lot, even though that wasn't my major or anything. I think about it all the time. So I'm really glad that God is raising up uh, believers to go into those spaces because there's a lot that can be done for justice mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and hope. And that's actually segues perfect. That wasn't an intentional segue, but <laughs> it's kind of cool. Segue. It segues great into our... First question, uh, when you think about biblical hope or Christian hope, what comes to mind? And I like to ask people this, like, how would you explain it to someone outside the church? Mm-hmm. I think that's if you, that's the best way for me to like form a theology is how would I explain this? My non-Christian neighbor asked me something. Mm-hmm. So not that you have to have a perfect theological answer, mm-hmm. but just, you know, you guys are both engaging. You're where you're headed, you're going to be engaging with, with yeah. the folks inside the church and outside the church. So how would you, how do you think about biblical hope? Um, yeah. Um, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is specifically hope in a Christian context is that, you know, this world is not all we have. <laughs> like, and 
um, that we have an eternal hope rooted in the kingdom that is to come and like um, the here but not yet. Um, and and I think that's been something that I've been reflecting on a lot of just in the midst of a season that is felt really dark. Um, I felt like there's been a lot of hardship and um, in my own family and and just the world and co- on college campuses, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. like the, I'm sure people are aware of like the NC State cases of students that took their lives um, and just seeing the lack of hope and, and just the pain that people are experiencing um, and, and things that seem random, things that um, and just realizing like, like this world is broken, right? But like this, it's not all that we have. And, and if it was like, that would g- give us reason to, you know, lament. And, but like, we have a, a promised kingdom, but we also like, that doesn't mean that we forsake now, right? But that we, um, like the Lord is also redeeming this now. And, and, and it's, and then all the way until we get our, our promised eternal hope. And so um, I think, that's that's how I would explain it to to someone outside the church is that um, if 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 this earth is all I had like there wouldn't there would be little little room for hope but it but it's not um, because the Lord is we will get to be with the Lord and the Lord is breaking in even now um, so yeah and I think uh, for me the first thing that came to my mind was um, in in Lord of the Rings, where J.R.R. Tolkien writes. That's you can always use the Lord of the Rings good. reference. Like, um, you can, we can't Sam, have too many. Yes, where Sam asks, is everything sad going to become untrue? Um, and then Tim Keller puts it, he says, everything sad is going to become untrue, and it will somehow be greater for once being broken and lost. Um, and so I think just the hope of of what's to come but also how what's happening now will like work into that story that like the brokenness is not the end of the story mm-hmm. and that if you think it, it you've not gotten to the end yet mm-hmm. like if 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 you're just sitting in the brokenness that there is always hope um and so i think those quotes just really stand out to me for i think um how i would explain hope in a broken world to somebody outside of the church because i think it is confusing and feels especially at certain times especially when we're faced with so much brokenness in the world all at once and we have so much more access to it all it's right in front of us but knowing that that's not the end of the story um and that jesus is you know holding the end of the story and and holding the story currently and that he is in the midst of the brokenness like not just on the other side so Mm -hmm. wow um that's really great um I do want to hit on, Graham, you actually, the blog post for this week, We're all four blog posts during Advent will be focusing on the four uh, themes of Advent, and you had, Erica had talked to you a while and asked yeah. you to write the one on hope, and it, it, I, I challenge all of you at home to who are listening, if you haven't read it, read it, but if you read it, it sound, doesn't sound like, how old are you, 23? Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> sound like a 23-year-old, but you've mm-hmm. you've experienced some really... You've seen a lot of the brokenness directly, mm-hmm. even though you're you're not that old. It, it's written more like a four year old perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was my observation as I'm reading. I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, uh, this is powerful." But how? Just if you want to speak into that a little bit, or maybe about you know the some of the things that you you write about in the blog posts, and just just how have you had to like just have hope 
in, yeah. in this, you know, with, with some dark things that you've seen in, in your family and, and just, just some hard things. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, no, Erica asked me um, if I wanted to write um, a blog post and what about and if I wanted to do one for Advent. And so I was like looking through and I was like, you know, I probably should write about hope. Um, not because I am always the most hopeful person, but because I, it was a time that I was experiencing, you know, a lot going through a lot and my family is going through a lot. Um, and I was like, um, it, it would be an opportunity to just seek the Lord and, and see what he's really doing and, and, um, and just reflect on why, why we continue to have hope and why then like, you know, I'm going into ministry. Why, what, what, why do I continue to share hope in the midst mm -hmm. of struggle? Um, and yeah, and so uh, to share a little bit about that situation, my brother has just um, struggled um, with mental health um, most of his life. Um, he's actually my twin brother. Um, Which and, is, yeah, uh, I mean, the closest you can be to another human being. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a real struggle to, to watch him battle just mental illness and, and just um, go through the ups and downs, um, get to see him at his highs and at his lows and um, yeah, he's, he's been in a pretty low place for the last maybe, um, four or five months and, um, in and out of some, some rehab places and, and, um, just trying to get support med medicine that he needs, um, treatment that he needs. And, um, yeah, my family obviously worries a lot about him and, you know, the holidays are always a time to, um, you know, um, that you're more aware of when things in your family don't feel right or when someone's not there. Um, I talk about that a little bit in the blog post of, you know, when someone's yeah. not at your holiday table, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just feel their presence a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I was just reflecting on that um, of, it, it doesn't seem fair, right? That he has had to battle this and, and I've had to watch him struggle for four or five years now. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I want to be, I want to have the answers. I want to have the solutions. Um, I want the Lord to intervene. Um, and at times it's like, feel, it feels dark. It feels like it could be hopeless, right? Like it feels like there won't be a solution. Um, but that's not what the Lord, the Lord says. The Lord doesn't promise that like <laughs> he will heal him, but the Lord is capable and the Lord is able. Um, and the Lord also hears our prayers, right? And, and responds and his heart can be moved and, um, he also loves Noah, who's my brother, um, mm. more than I ever could. Um, and being reminded of that, right, and being reminded um, that that's what's important. And so the other thing I get to reflect on um, in the in the um, blog post is that, you know, I, I grew up with Noah in that same Christian home and, and, and got to see Noah come to Christ. And, you know, that is my hope, that he knows Christ um, and his mind and body will be restored. Um and no matter what happens, you know, right now, and the Lord can and, and may intervene, and I'm going to continue to pray for that, um, and, I, and I'm hopeful for that, but I'm, I'm even more hopeful um, that I get to um, be united with, with Noah uh, whenever we get to, to join the Lord in, in the kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just a, a, a unique opportunity to reflect on the fact of just not giving up hope, um, even if it's not promised, like the Lord is... Um, the Lord sees our hearts and knows our hearts and, and, and listens to us. Um, and so, um, yeah, just, just need to reflect on that. Wow. Thank you for sharing, sharing that. Um, 
So the next question is, how do you feel called to bring hope into a broken and hurting world? I mean, both of you guys are kind of going in the fields. I mean, some people could think, yeah, like, it's just a job, but I've, I've met with you guys personally. We, we did your pre-marriage counseling. I mean, as, as Eric and I met with you guys, we knew that both of you want to honor God with your careers, and you, you're intentionally thinking through that. So, yeah, just how do you feel called to bring hope into the the brokenness yeah <clears throat> i think um for me with city and regional planning i i felt called to city planning back in high school when i first learned there's not many people who say that <laughs> like, there aren't there aren't it's awesome um there also aren't very many people that saw that got told on a career test that they should be a city planner and actually went with the career testing wow. um but i learned in a uh an AP human geography class about just all of the systems and city planning that has led to so much systematic brokenness and um, just injustice. And I think seeing what like horrible things have occurred and like now the systems and things we have set in place are, are a result of that. I think I just, I felt really called to, to move into that space. I think there's so many spaces to where you are ministering into brokenness, but I just had this, uh, I like systems. I like uh, stepping back and looking at um, how things have led to other things and uh, always having that historical perspective. And so I think for me with planning, just being able to help um, give everyone a space that they are feel safe in and um can live and work and have all that capability um and just we were talking about this earlier just you know everyone is a child of god and and deserves uh just to be able to you know exist in a space that um is loving and um spaces that promote uh just growth, and so I, I think that for me, with city planning, it's a great way to look at look at the systems and, and fix the things behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, awesome. How about campus ministry? I mean, you you mentioned a little bit earlier, just kind of yeah, just thinking about hope, and I mean, there is some radical statistics about the the kids who are in college now, yeah, compared to even five ten years ago, as far as just mental health struggles and things and just just a lot of a lot of not that things were better back back in the old days or whatever sure, but it, sure. it does seem to to be like people there's a more us more of a sense of hopelessness mm-hmm. uh so just what are some as you think about hope and yeah and, no and campus ministry i think there is a, a pervasive culture of of just performance and striving and achievement on college campus and, and particularly at UNC, I think who, yeah, the triangle is a very high achieving area. Right. And, and, and for UNC who, who claims to, I think, I think tries to be two things, um, tries to be, uh, the beacon of the South and like, like a, a beautiful place with like, you know, cherry trees and, um, you know, basketball and like just a, a fun school, but then also like this, this high achieving academic school that rivals even like the, the Ivies, right. The, but in the South, like, and so like trying to be both of those things, um, I think creates this really hard tension, um, 
where students like feel like they need to look on the outside like they're having a ton of fun and doing everything that they can and um, but then they're also just achieving and doing doing more in the classroom and, and extracurriculars and all of these things and right it's um, like we talked about it one time it's like party hard and get straight A's <laughs> and like that that's like the combination that you're somehow supposed to embody to be successful at UNC right and I think then when you try to do that you end up doing neither and students just just feel lost and, and they're putting their hope in A's or right. or, party. or yeah. either and, of the, those and just the and whole the, experience and like, not even the yeah yeah that's yeah not even the the why yeah the felt you part you go to parties for fellowship to enjoy people but they're losing that perspective and you study to get a career so that you could mm-hmm. be blessed and bless others and so they they're probably just going on a hamster wheel it seems like a right lot. and okay. it's just draining and um and i think when that then fails and then doesn't doesn't give them what they desire or what they're looking for right then um I think there's a lack of identity and, and self-worth. And um, so just trying to speak hope of like, you know, in the hope of the gospel is that, you know, you don't have to achieve, like it's the whole point is that you can't, right? And that you are not good enough. You are, you are broken and you are in need of saving. And so I think just trying, like, although that, that's almost a hard reality to accept, it's also incredibly freeing. Um, and that was the, that was the, the message for me that I had to accept, um, coming into college of like, I had been on that same track of like trying to achieve, trying to do more joining clubs and, um, not that there's anything wrong with the involvement. Right. But just trying to remember like our worth is not in what we do. Our worth is in who we are and, and whose we are. Right. And, um, and the, and the Lord, um, loves us for just for, just for that. Um, and, and that's where our, our belonging and our worth comes from, not from anything we, we do or produce. Mm-hmm. Any passages, Bible passages? I mean, you, the Lord of the Rings quote was great, uh, on, on hope that you guys want to share or something that encourages you or. Yeah, I have one that I feel like kind of connects with what Graham was just sharing about. Um, so for me, I always come back to Romans 5, 3 through 5. Um, it says, Not only so, but we also glory or rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has, give, who has been given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the line that always really hits me is the, and hope does not put us to shame. Um, I think especially within... Uh, the world of UNC and even city planning of like you are the answer and it, there's all this like you're mm. gonna do all this work and that's gonna that's gonna be what helps the world like there's an acknowledgement of the world being broken but the fix is you and that's another like mm. there's this yeah. drive that you have to be good enough um, and in, you know in city planning it's a lot of people who love people and want people to succeed um, but and I think sometimes I can, it can be tempting to be ashamed of having a hope outside of yourself because it's like, well, you you're supposed to like you know pull up your bootstraps and get to work, but there's like like freedom and realizing that you're limited, um, and and it's right to understand that like you know we we ha- we can 
we can act on the Lord's behalf, but the Lord is the one that is working and um, who cares about these things more than we do. Um, and it's, there's no shame in having hope of a, of a better future. Of, and there's no, no shame in, um, mm. in hope being what really is what uh, you rest in at the end of the day, not your own work, um, which I feel like you know, I have to keep reminding myself of because I feel like the culture, especially continuing to be at UNC in grad school, is just just trying to pull towards like just like kind of motivating yourself through shame of like you're not doing enough mm-hmm. you're not being enough and um study harder and work harder and um just remembering that like no like this is the lord's work and i'm getting to like partner in that and like that's beautiful and my hope is not in myself but it's in the in the, in the lord and that's good and there's no shame in that mm-hmm. amen yeah i think about it's yeah i think sometimes we forget that Every system, even a, even a secular system, has something you're putting your hope in. So like this, where we're saying we're putting our hope in the God who created us, but we're not. But we're not lazy. We're not. We're we're doing things because Jesus right. says we're we're building His kingdom and bringing shalom, bringing peace, mm-hmm. which would mm-hmm. segues into our next one. Uh, that wasn't intentional either. But <laughs> but it, these two these two categories. But it's, it's interesting how you say that, Amy Grace, because I feel like sometimes it seems like it's one or the other. Either you're kind of doing the Christian thing, or we're just out there doing the, the 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 secular thing. But if we're really honoring Christ, we are going to do the things that bring hope to people. But we're also going to acknowledge, like like you said, we're going to acknowledge our weakness, and we're going to be more sensitive to listening to other people and thinking that this is a global body of Christ that we're working together with, and that we have limits, and we just have to trust God with each step. So I, I love it how already as you're entering into this, God is, is giving you wisdom and, and grace to uh, to think about this. And my challenge to any of you who are in grad school or in careers, and if you are struggling with just thinking like, how can I glorify God in this career? I don't want this podcast to be discouraging for you. Be like, oh, here's two people who figured it out because their, mm-hmm. their careers, it makes a lot of sense. And some of you might be listening and be like, but it doesn't make sense for my career. I'm just mm-hmm. plowing. Th- I just d- design software and just to make a paycheck or whatever, but right. I can give more to missions. But I, I want, we want everyone at Waypoint to really begin to think about God has you where you are for a reason and you can honor him and you can have hope and you can be part of bringing Christ-like justice and, 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 and being part of bringing the kingdom. And, and when God puts you in something, he, he's going to use you. So mm. thanks, thanks for sharing that. Uh, so let's, let's move into peace. And if you had a verse on hope, you, you can share it. Uh, in the peace section, but let's yeah, let's yeah. let's end with peace. So, the biblical word for peace comes from the the Hebrew word shalom, which was one of the coolest words in the Bible. <laughs> uh, it just has just just so much power, so much meaning. It's Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, just just wanted to hear more. Do you guys have any thoughts on peace? And and just for those of you at home, actually the the kids' music stopped playing, so you, you hopefully I don't know how much you heard in the background of them testing the Awana music. But uh, for those of you at home uh, listening, I originally just asked them to do Hope, and then last night I said, "Hey, we're doing Hope and Peace because we need to combine <laughs> these two. But uh, yeah, so as you as you think about peace and bringing peace, and just bringing peace to college students, bringing peace to cities, and 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 bringing. Christ-like peace. Any any thoughts that come to mind, or, or something that you guys think about when you when you process peace? Yeah, I think for me it starts. The music's back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
For me, it starts. Um, I don't. I don't even know if I think of bringing peace as much as it starts with just being a posture of receiving peace and just trying to be, be in peace. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and to do that, I think it's just like just approaching the Lord um, and just trying to spend time in His presence. Um, admittedly, you know, I don't always do a great job of that, but in order to the times that I really f- feel like I've experienced shalom um, or, 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 or true peace um, is just when times when I've, I've approached the Lord and just spent time with him, um, whether that be in like solitude, silence and solitude, or whether that just be um, just just me- kind of trying to meditate and um, or to say, hey, Lord, like, I just need you right now to draw near to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need to be comforted by you, um, to know that you're near. And so as far as like communicating that to someone outside the church, um, I was telling Amy Grace earlier, like, um, you know, I think the image of the father is just so, so powerful, um, of like, you know, how do you feel, you know, imagine yourself as a child, right? Like, how do you feel when, you know, your father is there, but it's not your father. It's, it's, it's your father who is perfect and who you can trust fully, who will, has never and will never let you down. Like who is all loving, um, and, and is there protecting you. And, and you know that you can just run freely, um, and feel comfortable to be who you are and, and you're safe. And, um, you know, just spending time in that setting, right. In, in that presence of your father, who loves you, um, in a way that no one else can, like, um, that is peace to me. And then that sends me out in peace, um, after just experiencing that. So I don't know, Amy Grace, do you, would you add to that? Yeah, I think that I really like the, um, perspective of like sitting within peace and receiving, mm-hmm. um, peace. It reminds me of something a mentor told me a long time ago. I think I was all, upset about not being a, a good witness to people or, or, you know, we were talking about peace and I was like, well, I just, I don't think I'm a very peaceful person. I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't think I give that to people. And she was like, you know, yes, you do. Like when you walk in the Lord, like you have a peace that is different and it's different than the type of peace that the world um, knows and understands. And that kind of connects to the to the verse that for me about peace, which is Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just love the part where it says, which transcends all understanding, because I, I feel like, uh, you know, Paul knew we would have that question about, um, you know, do not be anxious about anything like well how is that you know how is that possible it's like well it transcends all understanding that the peace of the lord mm. when you step into this place of uh thanksgiving and, and petition and asking of the lord that there's this peace that comes over you that transcends all understanding um and so i think i think for me especially right now since i'm in grad school i think there's a lot about like peace to my like peers uh, and and a lot of people i work with and i see a lot of kind of what I was talking about earlier of like anxiety within uh, the people who are trying to bring change and trying to, Mm. um, you know, create this better world and like reminding ourselves that like we are not the ultimate creator. Um, Or I think sometimes city planning can give this like false (laughs) image that you're like in charge and you're going to, 
you can change things and that you can create this almost this like can get into this like God mentality. Um, and so I think being a, a peace, a bringer of peace and reminding, um, and just like sitting with my classmates and in the chaos and in the trying to, to figure things out and just remembering that like, um, yeah, that in my conversations that the, the Lord can like guard my heart and my mind, um, and that I can be a person of peace, even in a chaotic space. Um, even in a one day, a city council meeting where there's people coming in and yelling about a new park plan or new development, but being a person of peace in those settings where Mm -hmm. I will be able to listen and, and to hear the concerns of, um, everyone involved and not get stuck in this, which I think can happen to planners get stuck in this, like, you you're the one with the knowledge you you went to school like that you've got to make what you think should happen happen in this like kind of god mentality that i was talking about and i think peace is a part of like humbling and rem- and 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 mix and with hope too of just remembering that the lord is in charge and that it's the lord's city and the lord's people and that mm. um you're just getting to take part in that and be a bringer of peace in that way well any final thoughts I'm so thankful for today. Thanks, guys, for coming out uh, and just sharing your heart with uh, us. And for those of you listening, um, this Advent season, just really focus on the the words. You know, focus on thinking about hope and peace and joy and love. And then finally, Christ. Like, we reflect on Christ, that we are made new in Christ. And I'm going to end with, uh, this is from John 14. And Jesus is encouraging the uh, disciples and he's, he knows he's leaving. And he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then Jesus goes on and says, peace I leave you with. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think he gives us his peace and we can rest in that peace. We have his hope. We have his peace. So thanks y'all for coming out and for all of you guys at home. Let's just rest in his hope and his peace uh, this season and and be agents of peace. And thank you for reminding us of that. I, I really, that probably struck me the most is you guys just really, the spirit led you to say like, let's be agents of peace. Let's rest in the peace and share that peace with others and and we have that peace in Christ so thanks y'all have a great week and I don't know if this is a thing but happy Advent I didn't really grow up in a you could say Merry Christmas but I don't know what you're supposed to say in the Advent I like happy Advent happy Advent feels good to me (laughs) alright happy Happy Advent Advent. (laughs) take care you guys take care y'all